You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Friday, August 27th in the year 2021. And no matter if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube or WKYC.com, I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes a part of your day. On today's episode, we will be joined by NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts from RiseInDraft.com as we look at a couple defensive backs that are draft eligible. And if we should believe the hype about one of them, and the type of prospect the other one is. It's Ryan Roberts. He's been here numerous times. He does a phenomenal job of covering and analyzing draft prospects, projecting what we'll see in next year's draft at the end of the season. He does a phenomenal job of predicting where guys will fall in that year's draft. And we do a little seven banks, a little Josh Proctor, also talks about how excited Ohio State Buckeye fans should be about certain players that haven't gotten on the field yet. Also, a little Paula EA and AOTOG talk as well towards the end of the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 Also, give the, fo- the podcast a follow on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Rise in Draft. That is at Rise, the letter in Draft on the Twitter. I'm going to back away, bring in Ryan Roberts, and let him talk about Josh Proctor, Seven Banks, and some other Ohio State Buckeye football players. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, once again, it is my favorite NFL draft analyst. I said it to him before. I'll say it once again. It is Ryan Roberts from RiseInDraft.com. Ryan, my guy, how you doing? I'm good, Jay. I'm good, man. I appreciate you as always for having me back on. I will say, I didn't tell you this last time, man. That intro uh, video that you guys have now is absolutely dope, brother. I love it. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. That's all thanks to Tegna and then what they're doing to enhance the YouTube channels that so many shows have, this one included. Ryan, we have gone through numerous position groups. We fit the running backs. I think we hit running backs. If not, kind of skipped over it. Weren't many guys at NFL Draft worthy right now. Well, we've hit wide receivers, hit Jim York at the tight end. We've hit some linemen. Credit to you for the Thayer Mumford call moving into guard. I got to give credit to you there. We've hit some D linemen. No LBs right now. Hopefully we hit some LBs at the end of the season. But right now it is the defensive backs. There is a guy by the name of Seven Banks that many people are saying is a potential first-round draft pick. He has that type of potential right now going into the season, kind of playing a whole lot better because he's going to have to play going to be called upon to play a whole lot better than he did last season NFL draft specific projections for the year what are you seeing when you watch the film on seven banks I'm going to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer here on on seven for a second man because I will say I mean first of all fantastic name seven banks like that is a first round (laughs) caliber yes sir yes sir let's be honest but so I watched the film I actually watched I Got to him a little late. I, I sat down and watched him last week. My full evaluation should be on the site relatively soon on seven. And I understand why people are excited. I get it because he is six foot plus, six foot one, somewhere in that ballpark. He's got length to him. He's got looks like pretty good arm length. 
Um, athletically, I mean, I, I saw reports that he had a 42 plus inch vert coming out of high school, four five athlete as a six foot plus cornerback, four star kid, uh, top 50 recruit, I think by a couple publications when I was doing the background on him. So there's obviously some unteachables to work with. And I think when you see him play on film, I mean, first and foremost, the kid stays in phase pretty well working vertically. Like I think that he has good speed to him. I really do. I think that there are moments of good stuff playing in off coverage where he's able to redirect and make plays on the short game and in the intermediate game in, in breaking routes. Like I think that he has some good redirection skills. I think that he has good vertical speed and he has length. All that stuff is good. I will say though, the, the film to me was not very good last year, to be quite mm-hmm. frank with you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, fir- the first game I watched was the Clemson game where he was working against Cornell Powell and like Cornell Powell young boyed him a couple times, to be honest, down the field. Like, I mean, great, great. I mean, for Powell's credit, great ability to track the football. Body control was fantastic. Ability to redirect. Like, everything was good. But I think that the lack of physicality right now in Seven Banks' game is really troublesome to me. Because the first thing I noticed was like, hey, man, in the run game, he's very passive. I don't think he has any – like. There's just no dog in him in the run game, which is fine because sometimes that's very overrated because like cornerback, it's a secondary run stopping position. Like your job, first and foremost, in a passing league, stop the pass, the play coverage. So like I I don't want to harp on run defense too much, but I think that it does – I think it does transcend a little bit in his game just away from the run game. I think in the pass game, there's a lack of physicality. That young boy, uh, Boyd by by Powell that I was talking about, he's in solid position – but then when it's coming to the catch point, when it's coming to the point of contact, I feel like he just isn't able to match and he's not able to fight through contact. He's not able to play the football in the air. I worry about him against more physical wide receivers right now. The ability to work in the route stem, redirect in general, and the ability to play physically down the football field and to play the football in the air. I think that there's a lack of physicality both in the run game and in the pass game right now. And then I think that his eyes have not quite caught up to his feet yet. I think the foot quickness is good. But there's sometimes an off coverage where, like, he sees it eventually, but, like, hey, we're working short game. We're walking just quick slants or speed outs or something like that. And he's just a tick slow, just planting his foot in the ground and then redirecting in space. And I don't think that it's necessarily an issue of foot quickness. I don't think it's a, a, a shortcoming of just natural athleticism. I think that he doesn't really see it very well right now. I think the eye discipline, I think that the eyes just in general are not fantastic. And I think there's a lack of physicality. So as far as the first round talk, I'm out for now, like way out. I, I'm going to obviously watch how the season progresses, do my final eval, and we'll see where he is at that point. First round talk, though, I think is pretty insane, to be honest with you. If you're talking about this kid late day two, like if you're talking third round potential right now, or just somewhere on day two in general. If you're talking about that, I can get on board with that projection, projecting forward a little bit, because I think he does have some natural skill set. But, like, I didn't see anything during the 2020 season where I got overly excited. I think that he is more tools than product right now. And I am a little worried because sometimes players, if you are lack, if you have lack of physicality, that's not usually something that gets much better, man. Like, you can improve eye discipline. You can improve technique. But that's usually a mentality thing. And I'm very worried that Seven Banks just maybe does not have the physicality and he's just a little bit passive in his approach as a football player right now. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's literally something 
for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're definitely missing out. Coconut and cherry barcia and raspberry and mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and even German chocolate. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to built.com and you will get 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ryan, you mentioned a phrase here. It's three words, a tick slow. And I think back to last season, how basically Ohio State played a little over a traditional half of a season last year. And I wonder if him being a tick slow was just because he only had half of a season to work with. And that's all you're able to work with right now, making projections for next draft. It could be. I mean, it very well could be because we're talking about the year before. Hey, you know, we got Jeffrey Akuda. Um, you had Damon Arnett, right? You had Sean Wade playing in Nicolaton. So, like, Seven had played a little bit in 2019, but like 2020 was his first full season as a starter. So, like, I am sure that that part of his game, Jay, will absolutely improve. I think that his eye discipline will get better. I think that his diagnostic skills and the ability to understand what's developing in front of him and being that more proactive versus reactive player like I think that'll come I don't have any words about mm-hmm. that the the thing that just makes unsettles me is the lack of physicality I don't know if that's going to improve a ton but I agree that the other half of that and if he if he if he just develops that part of it the diagnostic skills being proactive as a football player having better eyes if that improves then we're talking about a solid day two player because he has that type of skill set. It's just the lack of physicality right now that is making me a little unsettling. And to be honest, I think that there's a little bit in the universe where it's like, hey, we've seen guys. I mentioned Jeffrey Okuda already. I mentioned Damon Arnett. We've seen guys like Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore. There's been a long line. Last year, Sean Wade obviously went the wrong way. I think that people are just kind of projecting a little high right now because they're saying Seven Banks is the next great Ohio State cornerback. It's a wait and see for me. Right now, I am not comfortable putting him in that conversation yet. Can a player, now I don't know if you want to use your NFL draft analyst hat or just your college football enthusiast or analyst hat, can a cornerback be caught, be taught, excuse me, can a cornerback be taught physicality and to be more physical on the field? So you can be taught, you can be taught the better technique of disrupting the catch point. Like you could be taught like playing through the hands and just kind of aiming points of how you're going to affect the catch point and just Mm -hmm. different techniques of how to catch versus how, how you're attacking and and different things like that. Like you can do that stuff. Absolutely. There was just some points where I felt like down the field specifically, like he's at the catch point, maybe it's a back shoulder ball. And I just felt like there was a lack of urgency 
to really attack, attack, attack. I feel like it was just a lack of that. That I don't think that you can. I don't think that you can help that too much. I don't think okay. that you can make gotcha. a guy more of a dog in the run game. Like I think that that's a want to issue right there. If it was simply him at the catch point, he's contesting it, but he's not playing the hands enough. He's not getting that late extension to the football. If that was the stuff, I would 100% agree. But I, I don't. I don't think that the one two can be taught i think you either have that or you don't the technique absolutely the one two i don't i don't think so gotcha another guy on the defense this time um i was higher on him going into the season thinking he was going to get more playing time once the season started going on and we saw how much playing time joshua proctor got um i I started to get a little critical for certain reasons won't display those right now but ryan i have a feeling that with me and knowing you so well and how you analyze players as you watch the film on Proctor, you're probably pretty critical on him as well. Yeah, so Proctor, he's a tough one for me a little bit because I'll be very honest. I learned a nice little lesson from Jordan Fuller when he came out of Ohio okay. State because okay. I was admittedly not high on Jordan Fuller. I, I'm a Rams fan too, so when he drafted him in the sixth, I'm like, <laughs> nah, man, I don't like that at all. I don't like it. I did not like it, but – he obviously played exceptionally well as a rookie. So I need to I'm I've learned now that I need to compartmentalize safety play a little bit because there's a, what role do you play? Where do you excel? I think that that is the more important part. Now Proctor is a much different player than a Jordan Fuller the example that I just put cuz Jordan Fuller is that traditional playing on the roof, true free safety type. Proctor on the other hand, I mean I I think and I could be wrong about this, but I saw the nickname Hitman going around with a guy like Proctor and I will say I think Proctor plays with some nice physicality, man. There are some nice shots on film where I'm like playing the alley, coming down as an extra box defender. And there is a, we talked about that one, two with seven banks, right? I think there's an extreme physicality presence. I think there's an absolute one, two with a guy like Josh Proctor. Now, that being said, sometimes he plays a little too aggressively and he'll miss some tackles in the open field (laughs) to say the least. Yes, yes. But I do think that there is a baseline for that role as a short zone defender because I think he has relatively good eye discipline. I think he's usually in the right spot. Him now is about you saw the game. It was moving a little fast for you at times, but we can reel you back a little bit. We can reel you back a little bit. So he's a day three player right now for me. But I will say that there is – a, a thing called a sticking point when a guy's drafted on day three, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks like these teams are just drafting these, you know, oh, upside and we're just going to see how it works out. No, guys get drafted on day three because they have a sticking point. Whether that sticking point is a pass rush specialist as a defensive lineman, whether that is a blocking tight end, whether that is a situational role as a wide receiver, return specialist, whether that is a core team special teamer. That being said, I think Proctor's sticking point is I think he is going to be a fantastic special teams player because I have seen that aspect of him on the field. And he has he's been on every coverage unit. He's made impacts on coverage units. So I think that Proctor has a very good opportunity to be selected somewhere on day three and have a sticking point because I think that he has a special teams upside. And I think that there are some things to get excited about with him on the field as a defensive player. I would just say that sometimes – especially at the safety position, because you're the, you are the last line of defense, man. You're a third level defender. There are some points where I just think Proctor just is a little bit too much, uh, too much uh, foot on the gas pedal. kind of needs to reel himself back a little bit. 
But I think there are some natural traits. I think there is some natural athleticism. I think that there absolutely is physicality and one-two with a guy like Josh Proctor. Sticking point. Special teams. <laughs> Thought about a guy, um, Jonathan Cooper. Um, not so much tough ball, and I don't know if they'll make the Vikings, but those are guys that – I know, we're on the same page there. But there are guys that are – that have been former Buckeyes that – Justin Hilliard, for example, injury issues at Ohio State, didn't play much, might need to use the special teams to make a roster. I think Proctor's a good guy for that. But also, Ohio State's changing their defense from a 4-3 to a base defense is going to a 4-2-5. They call it the bullet or like that hybrid linebacker position. I don't know if Proctor's best at the single high safety, which Ryan Day wants. Do you think he'd be better in the box going back and forth between the box and then back in the secondary to kind of utilize his skill set the best? He's definitely a guy, and I think I mentioned this, he's a short zone type of defender. He's not a guy that you're going to play on the roof. He's not going to play in zone much. I've seen him make a couple plays in deep zone, but like for the most part, this guy's your traditional split field safety, rotate down, be able to play, come inside out as an alley defender and then also play in short zones. I don't know if I would necessarily play him in a ton of man-to-man coverage, but I think he does have some relatively good attributes in short zones. So if you're running a 4-2-5, whether you're – I forget what you called it, but like a rover, right, is kind of yeah, that yeah. big safety nickel type of guy. Like he is that rover type or he's that strong safety that's going to rotate down away from the rover. He's a guy that I would definitely want to play – closer to the line of scrimmage. So I think that he does fit that defense pretty well, to be honest, because I think that I, I don't I don't think that he's ever going to be the guy that plays middle of the field a ton. And I don't think he's ever going to do it exceptionally well. But I do think that he has relatively good zone awareness playing in short zones. So to, to answer your question, yes, I, I think that he does fit that role pretty well. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts. It's funny because you call it, you said it the Rover I, all offseason long until Ohio State gave a, a specific name for it. I called it the Rover, maybe yeah. hybrid linebacker, but it makes sense. They're calling it the Bullet. I've never heard that position called the Bullet in my life, but that's what they're going with. It. They went just Rover. I mean, we we played Red Rover, Red Rover, and like as kids, so that Rover kind of fits our kind of vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, you got the, you got the red, the color, right? You got the scarlet already <laughs> out there. It makes total sense. I mean, I think they're just trying to be like Notre Dame a little bit, man, because they've been running the four two five for a couple of years, you know. So Ohio State's trying trying to get a little more, uh, trying to get a little more, a, a little more uh, current day, you know. Nobody runs a true four three anymore. We don't we don't play base defense anymore. Four two five is the base now, man. 
Yeah, we got the better quarterback, got the better coach to some, and we have won a national championship more recently than you guys. Also, well, we've lost, but we didn't lose as bad as Notre Dame does. So I'll just throw that out there, Ryan. I had never gone back and forth about Notre Dame, but you gave me the chance. I'll just throw it back at you. Uh, Jay, I have no I have no comeback to that, man. You know, everything <laughs> you said was completely factual. I mean, I, I'm still living in 1988 before I was even born, so... <laughs> I'll leave it right there. Last but not least, Ryan, got a little bit of time left. Were there mm-hmm. any other – no, not any other. The USC transfer, talk about this br- briefly before we get one on air. What do you see about him? Do you like him? Do you not like him? Should Ohio State fans be happy? Or should they say go back to Southern California? Well, uh, so Palais Gayotiote, I believe is how it's pronounced. If I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize to USC fans and now Ohio State fans. So he came out of Bishop Gorman. High star recruit, dude, like five star almost by every recruiting uh, publication uh, out there. And he was a guy where, like, if you turn on the film at Bishop Gordon, like, you thought he was like Ray Wileluga reincarnate, right? Because he was going to USC and he just kind of fit that mold. And he's six foot two, six foot three, 250 pounds. Like, he looks like your tradition, like your old school 1980s, 1990s, early 2000s. Like, this is your true Mike linebacker, right? And he starts out his career at USC relatively well, has some early success. And I know going into the 2019 season, I think it was at the time, like people were pretty pumped up about him. And then I think he got hurt. And then 2020, I think he had a little string of injuries again. So obviously Ohio State losing, you know, Justin Hilliard and Baron Browning and Pete Werner and Tuff Borland, all those linebackers that are now playing in the NFL. Like I think that there was definitely an urgency to add to the portal because like hey there was 1500 guys in the portal at one point and you're getting a free year of of uh not counting on your on your um on your uh scholarship count so like why not let's bring some guys in and so they get guy otiote i will say from a strictly an nfl draft perspective mm-hmm. there's a there's things to like like he is physical downhill a linear athlete, I think he's going to run relatively well for 250 pounds, maybe like right around 4'7 flat, 4'5". That's, four, That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Brother, in a straight line, the dude can get moving. And he when he sees red, he comes to balance really well, and he strikes. He's a striker. The problem is in space, like redirecting, it's, it's what you would expect for a 6'2", 250-pound linebacker. Like he's just – that's why they're not built the way that they're that he's built anymore. He's not a great redirecting guy. He's never going to be a guy in the passing game right now. This is your traditional Mike that, you know, you used to be able to just blitz him a gap, right, and kind of hide him. Like, you can't hide a guy like this anymore. So I think for the college game, he's going to play well because, you know, the Big Ten still, even though there's a lot of teams now moving to more spread concepts, like they're still – the Iowas of the world where like they're still playing, you know, kind of old school smash mouth football. Michigan state has been in recent years. Michigan just had a fullback drafted last year. So like those teams are still playing downhill physical football. So like if they're playing that brand of football, he can last there. But I I think that when you're talking about what does he look like on the next level, I think he's a day three potential player, but I think that there are just some limitations that people are going to have to get comfortable with. I don't know what impact he gives you on special teams. Like in theory, linear athlete with size, maybe he's a special teams player, but I don't think he has a ton of, of uh, experience in that department. So like that's a pure projection at this point as well. So true two down Mike, maybe he makes a roster, you know, on early downs, but I just, I, I think there's a little bit of too much. I think there's too many limitations for him moving from 
college game to the NFL just because I don't think that his redirection and ability to play in space is anything special. Any other players that we have not touched on offense or defense or anything else you want to remind players about as far as offensive or defensive players, NFL draft-wise, that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I, I think that people should be excited about some of these guys that we just haven't seen play yet. You know, the guys of the world like the Tejada Mitchells, the Jaron Cages, the Teron Vincents. There's guys that we're just waiting to see for years and years and years. I think you mentioned Dallas Gantt before we started, you know, kind of recording at linebacker. These guys are all four-star, boarding a five-star, some of them five-star, because that's how Ohio State recruits. And fortunately for Ohio State being the success they have been, you know, in the, as far as I can remember, they're always going to recruit and they're always going to retool. And it's never a rebuild because they have dudes. Tahada Mitchell's a a, a senior um, a senior captain that we just haven't seen play because he just hasn't been able to unseat some of these guys that are getting drafted in the second and third round. Like there's right. just been so much, so much talent in front of them. You know, like a guy like Teron Vincent, who on most team has been a starter for multiple years. He's been sitting behind Devon Hamilton and he's been sitting behind um, uh, Haskell Garrett and, and um, Tommy Togiai and all these dudes that are just going to be playing in the NFL. So I think that just the young guys is a, is a real treat to watch. And then, you know, I mean, we already mentioned it, man, that that, uh, that nice offensive lineman that you guys have that's uh, kind of brewing. What's he What's he playing now, Jay? Is he is he playing offensive tackle then, or is he still a guard, the uh, the young gun, the sophomore? I forgot his name. Paris Johnson Jr.? Paris Johnson, man. Yeah, he's he's at he right, right guard. He is hard to miss on film when he played last year. So I'm excited about Paris Johnson. I'm excited about some of these young dudes. But, again, the guys that I'm most excited about, besides for the headliners – the Chris Alaves, the Garrett Wilsons of the world. I'm excited about seeing that next wave of guys that has just had to wait their turn. Because again, when you're a good program, some guys just kind of fall through the cracks, have to wait their turn. But guys like Tahada Mitchell are, are players that come, you know, right before April this year, January, March, like leading up to the draft are probably guys that we're going to be talking about a bunch. Ryan, you mentioned about a guy who is hard to miss in Paris Johnson Jr. The guy that might be playing right tackle next to him. Dewan Jones, 6'8", 360, maybe 370, a huge guy. Um, I did a little math, a little averaging out of the heights and weights. The offensive line, if they stick with that heavy set, could be 6'6", 315. Um, three potential guys that could be in the draft next year, Harry, Harry Miller, um, Thayer Mumford, and Nicholas petit Frere. So you have your hands full of watching offensive linemen at Ohio State and seeing how massive the O-line is as you go throughout the season. Ryan Roberts, my guy, happy to have you back. If you could, very quickly, let everyone know where they can catch you on Twitter and some of the amazing things that are going on at RiseAndDraft.com. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like Jay kind of said, Rise and Draft is the Twitter handle that you can follow. Um, everything kind of gets published right through that Twitter account, but it is RiseAndDraft.com. We just had a cool launch um, a few days ago. We, we actually partnered with NFL Mock Draft Database. And so now we have their Mock Draft Simulator on the site, which is pretty awesome. Eventually, kind of the... The idea is that like our rankings will be kind of fueling the mock draft. But for now, the simulator is on there. You can kind of toy around. It's awesome product. I, I love what the guys over there have kind of been doing. So I would take a look at that. Otherwise, man, we're pumping out scouting reports every single day. We have another mock draft in a couple of weeks. Uh, we have, you know, the featured articles, a lot of stuff kind of gearing up for the season. We're almost out of summer scouting. So anything risingdraft.com, I think you guys will definitely enjoy. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. As always, we're getting close. 
like literally like a few days from now, will be the first official game week. I'm excited. I know Ryan's excited for the Notre Dame-Florida State matchup, but we're excited for the Ohio State-Minnesota matchup on September the 2nd. Minnesota's wearing black jerseys. I'm excited for that. I'm really excited to see how, how Ohio State looks in their matchup to start the season. 